Hello and welcome to our first interview on Female Leaders with Courage. I'm delighted to be joined by Lisa Robinson, who is the founding director of Citrus HR Consulting, an HR consultancy based in Cheshire. And Lisa works with small and medium-sized businesses. Lisa is a phenomenal woman. She's a busy working mum of three boys and she runs her own business. And she's also wife uh, to a partner who has undergone a serious illness along the way. She inspires me. She's a good friend. She's introduced me to bravery and courage along the way. And that I couldn't think of anybody more fitting to have my first session with. So hello, Lisa, and welcome. Morning, Emma. Thank you. It's a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. I've got quite a few questions for you. I want uh, everybody to, to know more about you and, and how you've inspired me and why I think that you'll inspire our listeners. But I thought what we could do is just take a step back and have a look at how you've got to where you've got to and what's inspired you through the years. And then we'll talk about how you support women as well. It's sort of two parts, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. So you started your career working for lots of various companies through the years. But in 2008, you actually decided to set up your own consultancy. What motivated you to do that? So 2008, I'd just had my second son. I'd been working uh, incredibly busy. I had a really demanding job. And after I had my second son, I just reflected on how life would be managing two young children plus a demanding job. And, and I knew that you know, the reality would be that flexible working actually would be really difficult to achieve for me in that job and, and for my employer as well at the time certainly from from my perspective i think working flexibly is is fantastic and, and and companies should offer as much opportunity for women to do that but it is a challenge when you know you have a busy job and trying to fit that into you know three four days however you know many days you work and i and i knew that i would find that actually quite stressful so i decided that maybe working for myself was was an option that would give me just far more flexibility around, you know, managing the boys. And I'd, I'd always wanted to work for myself. I mean, my plans sort of very originally was to open a little coffee shop and, and run my business that way. So, so this was different, but, but I, you know, I really felt motivated to do, to do something for myself. And, you know, when I then looked at the market, I thought actually, you know, Big corporates are, you know, well supported in the HR world. It's the small and medium sized business that, you know, sort of entrepreneur led businesses that they're grown businesses, they're busy and they, they need that support with, with people. You know, the world of HR employment law is so complex, getting more and more complex um, each year. And it's really easy to get it wrong. Even if you've got the best of intentions, it's easy to get it wrong. So, for me, supporting small businesses and small business owners you know, to get the technical bits right, but also to grow cultures within their business where putting people first, they're having a really you know, positive people-focused culture, which, which then helps the business to grow and gets, you know, gets the best out of um, the team. That was really motivating to me. So that was where I decided to, to focus my, my energy. I didn't know about the coffee shop. I think you'd have been great at that, but I'm really glad that we got you in HR. No, thank and, you. And there's no more complicated time for HR than, than right now, I guess. It's hugely complicated. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's an environment that's, that's it's hugely complicated for, for many people. So, so HR are not alone in that. 
obviously some great stuff that the government have, have put in place to support businesses and to small, support individuals and that's really welcome but yes it, you know it comes with complications and you know working and helping businesses small businesses work through that so that they get the most support that they can but also that they can then support their own workers you know it's it's hugely important and uh, we've been very busy over the last month or two providing that support to businesses and hopefully you know getting them into uh, as good a place as they can do at the moment great and I guess there's an awful lot of uh, need with those businesses at the moment with all these different things such as furlough that we've never heard of until, you know, beginning of March. Yeah, I, you know, furlough leave is, you know, as I said earlier, it's, it, it's a, you know, a fantastic initiative by the government. And, and uh, you know, of course, you know, we are, I think everyone is, is very grateful that those provisions are there. It's not been without its issues to manage. There's been, you know, four iterations of 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 the um, the provisions since it was launched each iterations changing slightly and i think for, you know for, for small business owners trying to work through that is difficult it does feel like the goalposts are sort of shifting each time and uh, you know we're trying to help business owners just understand you know what they can claim for what they can do you know what flexibility they can allow their 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 teams and you know just making sure that everyone comes out of it you know as that they can but uh, but yeah you know it's challenging it's good legislation but it's but it's challenging so as a female small business owner yourself i can imagine that that's obviously not been the easiest of ride what challenges have you had to overcome since 2008 setting up by yourself as a woman i don't know if these challenges are just purely because i'm i'm female i i think for me the biggest challenge I mean, gosh, there's been there's been a lot of challenges, but probably the the overall the biggest challenge is is juggling the number of roles that you have to hold when you're when you're running a business, particularly as, as a small business owner. You know, I haven't got the resources to hire someone to do my you know my IT or to I mean I have an accountant, but uh, you know the sort of the day to day finance things that we have to do I haven't got the resources to hire someone to do my sales so you know suddenly you go from being well I'm a you know I'm an, I'm an expert in, in HR and I can advise to actually needing to sort out technical challenges sort out my sales and make sure that I'm selling my services and, and, and marketing my business in the right way dealing when the the with the the IT issues when they occur so that that's been a, a huge challenge and if you know if I'm working on my HR my, my day job then having to think okay well at the end of that I've, I've got to do you know my VAT returns or I've got to do submissions to the accountant or I've got to sort out IT stuff uh, you know that's th- that is hard and that you know that comes on top of the the normal day job then of course it's managing the the other jobs in your life so obviously being a mum being the the biggest and, the, and obviously the most important job and just, you know, remind, just remind us the age of your boys, because I don't think I introduced that at the beginning. Sorry, how old are your boys? Uh, so I have a 15-year-old, 12-year-old and a 7-year-old. That's full on, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> it is very full on. I mean, they're, they're fantastic. They, they keep me sane. You know, there's times that obviously they, they, uh, you know, they, they, they press the buttons, as all kids do. But, um, but no, I mean, they, they bring back sort of reality when I'm stressed and... You know, trying to, to juggle a number of things, they, you know, they, they sort of bring me back to, to base really and just make me realise what I'm doing, doing all this for. They're so active, don't they, to children when you're sort of in that small business, busy, crazy, stressful world? 
absolutely and and sometimes you you know you do just need to to stop take a big deep breath take a step back and think okay you know what am i doing this for it's it's for my family it's to provide for my family to have some flexibility to to be with them and go and see a nativity play or go and watch them playing sports and you know certainly running my own business allows me to do that and and you know i'm hugely grateful for that and i guess like you say you know this isn't just um the day job and the additional task job it, there's also you know being a parent which is a full-time thing in itself so hats off to you for managing and you've done that for 12 years now so along what do you think in those 12 years has been the biggest challenge then um, and I'm thinking more specifically sort of as a woman so if there's somebody listening that's thinking quirky that all sounds a little bit too much for me what do you think is the greatest challenge and how have you overcome that and, and what do you think is sort of driven you to do this and to achieve and to, and to stay sane with it all yeah I, I think that you know that the, absolutely the biggest challenge is getting balance in my life and and that's balance between running the business being a mum and making sure that the you know the, the boys have sufficient of my you know not sufficient but have my time have my support you know running the home and then if there's any time left you know have, having some headspace for me and honestly, that's that's always the thing that falls off the bottom of the list. It shouldn't do, but it does. A lot. Yeah. So you we know, forget that, about that, us. You know, we, we do, and absolutely on a you know on a logical level that if if you're not in the right space as a, as a mum, you know, you're not going to give the best to your family. But of course, when your children need things and or you need to take them places, do things, help with homework, that does take priority. Of course, you know, of course it does. So so yeah, the keeping the business plate spinning the home plate spinning giving time to to the kids it does mean that time me and just recalibrating myself that goes and that and that is hard that is really hard yeah I think it's it's when you know it absolute exhaustion hits you then certainly I do take that step back and think okay I've you know I've overdone it I haven't I haven't prioritized time for me enough let's do some of that I get back on track and then you know <laughs> go go back down the same road again but um I think for for a lot of women that is such a challenge is, is keeping those balances but making sure that you just have that little chunk of time for you where you can get some some clear space to you know just to to get yourself back on track again yeah great and I I, I think that we all suffer with that where we spin too many plates and like you know you forget about the spinner if if you like so if you don't mind me asking you, Lisa, I know obviously uh, we're, we're good friends and, and I know this about you and you have said that you're happy to share this from your perspective, but obviously along the way you haven't just had those challenges of running the business and, and raising the boys, but you had um, quite an impact on family life with your partner being unwell a few years ago. Um, obviously only if you're very happy to share this, but could you tell us more about, obviously the podcast is around sort of courage and bravery and and I watched you go through this, obviously, from afar, the way that you handled this and you sort of stayed afloat with everything else. I mean, it sounds exhausting, just what we've covered. But then to add this time bomb into it, I think it's remarkable how you, you know, you've survived that. Could you just share a little bit with us about sort of what that experience was and how you managed to, to navigate all, all of that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it was an incredibly challenging time in our lives for, for all of us. I think when, you know, when families have someone within their family who, who, you know, has a serious illness, it just shakes, it, you know, everything just gets thrown up in the air and 
you just have to cope in whatever way you can. And I think when there are children involved, it brings particular challenge because you you want to protect them and you want to keep them, you know, sort of stable. You don't want to worry them. Equally, you don't want to mislead them. And, you know, sort of very early on, we took the decision that we would be, you know, sort of honest with with children as much as we can could do in a, in a palatable way about what was happening, so that they they understood. But but also, as I said, to protect them so that they didn't unduly worry, and that they also didn't feel excluded from from what was happening. So, you know, there's a, there's a huge a huge number of emotions that that you deal with when you know when suddenly your your, your life is thrown into turmoil and you know, you, you have to get through that. And I think from, you know, my perspective, you know, I went into, just in, into a zone of being incredibly focused on two things. And that was making sure that my husband was supported and looked after and cared for. And that, you know, that involved, sometimes that was, that was sort of hospital-based. So, so driving up to London to, to be um, with him in hospital. For me, the way that, that I, I coped and dealt with that situation was, I, I became very, uh, so I had a tunnel vision, but very focused on making sure the children were okay, making sure my husband was okay. So, so from, so I've talked about the, the, you know, the children and, and, and protecting them. So from my husband's perspective, it was obviously, you know, su- supporting him, being there with him, that often involved, you know, driving up to London to be with him in hospital, but whether it was in hospital or whether it was at home, it was about making sure that he had everything he needed and all the support he needed and supporting the children. And that, and that was all that I could deal with. It, it's interesting because I, so, so I, I do a lot of work with like personality profiling tools. So I use, particularly use a tool called Insights Discovery. And when you use tools like that, you, you quite often use it's sort of the information and the knowledge that you have around that to to look at how you're reacting in situations so my natural style is to be very I'm quite extrovert be very flexible I like juggling lots of things I like you know having lots of things come at me and I actually you know like spinning lots of plates although it's challenging in this situation being under you know huge stress and, and, and pressure and obviously emotional trauma as well I became sort of very opposite to that. So I uh, became more introverted. I didn't particularly want to talk to people. I needed to focus in just on my family, on the boys, on my husband, and just focused on those two things, which was caring for my husband, caring for the children. And everything else just went went out of the window. So it was interesting to just see how that pressure brought out different different behaviours in me. And I think that was quite, I think friends who were, you know, who were absolutely amazing. We had, you know, the most amazing support from, from family and friends. You know, we will always be just forever grateful for. But I think for friends and family, it, it was quite hard to, to support. I think I was hard to support because I didn't give that much. I, you know, I was just in this sort of complete shutdown and focus on, managing managing stuff at um at, at home with with the, you know, the boys and my husband so so I know I was you know I was quite I was quite hard work in in that period of time I just try and exist day to day I just need to get to the end of today or did you have sort of a bigger sort of uh, how big was that window that you were sort of looking at 
it probably was day to day. Yeah, I mean, probably a few days in advance, but but certainly not much, not much more than that. Mm. Yeah, you know, it was just let's let's just deal with what we need to deal with here and now, and you know, and 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 just get through the best the best way that we, that we can. I think it's it's incredibly difficult, as I said at the start, for you know, in in, in dealing with somebody who is very ill within within your family, and mm. you know, trying to obviously life life does go on. But but you have to get through in whatever way that you can. And, you know, we were very lucky. We had amazing support and we just, you know, became a very, you know, close knit unit and did what we could to, to for all of us to, to, to get through it. So from, you know, from a business perspective, my clients were, were amazing. You know, I, I kept things ticking over. But they, all of my clients were just very, you know, understanding and just said, look, just deal with what you need to deal with and you know we're, we're here for you at the end of it you know as and when you're ready and that that meant a, a huge amount as well that's great to have that support thank you for sharing that and he's well now uh, he's he's very well yes he's uh, right. he, he's in great health so no he thank you he's 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 doing amazingly right and I believe he's homeschooling today yes oh gosh yes poor soul he is I'm amazed we've got so far in actually without one of us having a a child pop through oh exactly there is still time there is still time (laughs) definitely thank you for sharing that I am I I know how difficult that period was for you so I'm really grateful for you sharing that so you and I have talked a lot over the years about bravery and courage and I know you've helped me through some difficult stages in my life and you introduced me to a phenomenal woman called Brené Brown and I just wondered if you could tell the audience a little bit more about Brené Brown and why we both just absolutely adore her and her work. Yeah I, I'm Brené Brown she is she is phenomenal and she is a real model for, for everybody not not just women so just some background to Brandy Brown. She's a, a social researcher. She's based in Houston in the States. And she she shot to fame after doing TED Twility. And that TED Talk went viral. It had millions of views within a really short... One of the short... most watched TED Talks, it, I think. It is, yes. Mm. It's up there, I think, in sort of top top five, maybe even maybe even top three. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic, it's a really fantastic talk that you can just really easily relate to. And, and, and the talk basically sort of is, is covers the sort of the, the real basis of, of her work, which is about, you know, having the courage to be who you are, to be imperfect selves, because none of us are perfect. We all have lots and lots of imperfections. And, you know, having the courage to let go of who you think you should be, who you think society expects you to be or social mm-hmm. media expects you to be. And, you know, just be yourself, be authentic. And as part of that, it's about being vulnerable, telling people that you're not perfect, you know, not being frightened of not posting that, that perfect picture on, on social media, just being yourself. And, and I think that resonates for so many people yeah, and yeah you know particularly women who feel that you know we've got to be the perfect mother the perfect businesswoman superwoman who can juggle everything and you know that woman just doesn't exist she absolutely does not exist and having somebody who can stand up and and say that and say you know it, it, it's good to just be who you are take that pressure off just be who you are and celebrate the fact that we are imperfect we all have strengths we all have areas of weakness 
uh, areas that we want to be better at and we're trying to be better at, but it takes time. And, and, and that's, you know, that takes courage. That takes real courage to do that. But if we can do that and it is hard, but it's how liberating it is and how refreshing it can be to just say this, this is me. And, you know, I'm not perfect. And if you don't like that, well, there's not much I can do about it. Yeah. And what, what I see as well is that there's so many women that think that they have to be perfect. I think in in my, uh, in my introductory podcast, I talk about that there's that statistic about if there's 10 things on a job description and only six uh, skills are there for the, for the man, he will apply and go, yeah, I'll put my name in. But a woman needs to have, you know, eight or nine to even consider it because we have to be, you know, the perfect application, the perfect role, the perfect applicant. And then when you magnify that across all areas of life, it becomes pretty draining. And she talks a lot about shame, doesn't she, Brené, about, you know, the, the, the fear of failure and the fear of shame and the fear of exposure. What do you think has contributed to that? Do you see that it's a, a new phenomenon with the likes of sort of social media or do you think it's just something that's built within us? You know, I think it is built within, again, within a lot of people. I think particularly women, we do feel pressure to, you know, to, to do you know, everything that we can for our families in our in our jobs but I do think that that social media just compounds that pressure you know it's a well-known fact that you know social media can be very very damaging for, for your mental health and when you're constantly bombarded with pictures not not always uh, you know pictures and, and uh, stories that are maybe you know absolutely well-intentioned and, and put up there people being very well-intentioned but but it puts pressure on on us all thinking why haven't I done a full craft day with my children today why haven't I baked and you know produced the perfect Victoria sandwich with you know beautiful icing on top you know what why does my kitchen look like a bomb site and there's you know cake dough all over the place and you know it's like homes and garden (laughs) absolutely you know and, and we feel embarrassed and yeah you know we 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 sort of hide from that so it's definitely compounded in the current environment that that we're in, and and I think that's that that is a shame because you know, no, not everyone can or wants to do endless painting with their children or endless cookery with their children. You know, you you might be happy doing other things, and your kids might be happy doing other things. So again, I th- I think we just have to take a step back. And I say this, you know, I, I'm not any better anyone else at doing this but we have to take a step back and think you know we're our own people our kids love us for who we are and what we do with them and if that's not making the big you know perfect victoria sandwich well you know what (laughs) hey (laughs) great just yeah it's it's a bit crazy actually it is I'm I'm laughing because actually what we've realised through coronavirus is my daughter, who's 11, is better at making Victoria sandwiches and chocolate cakes than I am. So there you go. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I've learned to to accept that. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's that's it, isn't it? I, you know, ultimately, you know, we want to provide an environment that's 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 loving and caring and supporting for our children. Um, and yeah, you know, we're not all Delia, aren't we? We can't all make great cakes. <laughs> we're not all hugely artistic. But if we, you know, support our kids and do what we can for them, then, yeah, you know, let's, let's stop beating ourselves up over, over what we can and can't do. No, I agree. I really do agree. Thank you. The other person actually talking about really popular TED Talks is Simon Sinek. He talks a lot about, he does lots of leadership coaching, doesn't he? And he 
talks about that courage and bravery comes actually from the external factors around us. So, you know, this plays nicely to the social media thing. In terms of those external factors, they can be the real contributor to spurring us on and motivating us and encouraging us to face our fears. What drives you and gives you that courage? Because obviously you've shared with us, you know, an inordinate amount of of your courage over the years what what is it that gives you your courage I get my courage from from my family from my husband and how he dealt with serious illness always with a smile on his face Uh, I mean just just the most amazing amazing man from my children who you know are resilient who just you know other than the odd bad day you know have a smile on their face get on with things you know yes they fight and they bicker and they thump each other but they are just um they're great fun to be with and 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 that's what I'm doing everything for is to you know to give them the best that that I can give them but but you know to also be in as much as I can a role model to say you know you can achieve things for yourself work hard you'll achieve things yeah so it's there's lots of people around me I mean at the time my husband was ill um, a very close friend of mine was diagnosed with cancer you know she had two young children as well and again you know watched you know her courage her strength getting through her her illness again you know she's in a great place now but it was a terrible time for her and I wasn't able to give her really that much support at the time because I was we were dealing with our own crisis but she was amazingly strong so I, I look at people who have got their own battles and have dealt with battles and I think just amazing resilience and amazing strength and that really spurs me on yeah that's great this is that that's the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast because I know so many incredible women like yourself just I say normal inverted commas uh doing the best with their life and finding this incredible amount of bravery and courage along the way and I just I'm inspired like you are by these people that you just think where where did that come from (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely. And people are doing amazing things every day. I mean, yes, you look at role models, you know, be it Brené Brown or other other you know females in the, or females males in the in the news who are, who are brave and and doing amazing things. But bravery is is everywhere every day. You know, sometimes it's bravery getting out of bed in the morning and deal, dealing with things that we've got to deal with. So, you know, it doesn't always it isn't always the big stuff. It's it's stuff that we're all dealing with with our own battles however big or small day to day and uh yeah you know sometimes when you're really stressed and, and, and pressurized and, and you know and I, I've absolutely been here you can't see the wood for the trees and and you can get pretty pretty low and frustrated and at those moments you have to take a step back and just think okay what's happening what am I doing this for I'd get yourself back on track just have that goal and that ambition of what you're trying to do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, bravery isn't, oh, I'm just going to go and do a skydive or a bungee jump or, you know, hold a snake or whatever it might be, the big exhilarating things. It is, it is like you say, just those, I'm going to write that letter to say that I don't want to do that or, you know, asking somebody for something that you need or, you know, sometimes it's just mustering that courage up that you matter and finding that voice, isn't it? Absolutely. I, th- I think any, anything that we're doing that is taking a step out of our comfort zones is brave. And there's things that I will do that other people will think, wow, that's brave. There's things, you know, and I might think, well, 
you know, of course I'd do that. You know, that's, that's not such a big deal and things other people will do. And I'll think, wow, gosh, how did you achieve that? And, yeah. and they will look at themselves and think, well, you know, that's, that, that was nothing. So, yeah. you know, we're all brave in, in our own way. And absolutely. So that leads us nicely on actually, what is the most scariest situation you've been in and what sort of happened and how did you overcome that? I think, I mean, there's a couple of things that spring to mind. I mean, obviously the scariest thing in my life was when my, when my husband was, was when we found out that he, uh, that he was very ill and, you know, not, not knowing whether he would survive, whether my, you know, children would have grow up with a dad, you know, that, that was the most earth shattering, scariest moment of, of my life. And I don't think anything will, will ever come, ever come close to that. Mm. Um, we, and we've, covered already sort of how as a family you know we we got through that um I I can't even imagine what that would be I mean I don't think you can until you're in it because you know they almost say when you go through that you kind of wish it was you going through it because you feel so helpless watching yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely it's you can't put into words actually how how it feels when you you know you're in that situation I do remember sort of sitting in hospital one day looking at him thinking wow why did I ever ever moan about any aspect of our life ever because our life will never be the same again you know so it's very everything just hits home very hard when when you're in that situation um and, and of course people are going through these these sorts of things every day and um but, but you do you do get through You've, you know you do get through you do come out the other side but at the time you don't know how you're going to so yeah for, for me nothing nothing has come close to that situation and you know, at, at other times when I have faced scary times that in the whole scheme of things just don't even come close to that. I, I do look at that situation and think, well, okay, you've got through that. You could get through this. Anything, and yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hear that a lot, actually. A lot of people say, you know, when you've had the, the worst thing that could ever happen to you, then suddenly all of those things that you used to really fear the perspective kind of you just go well if I if I can do that I can do anything so um do you think that that's given you more courage and bravery now that you're out the other side I think yeah I think I think it has uh, I mean look it, it hasn't taken away fear you know I have to very often you know just very strong words with myself and just tell myself to get a grip and, and just get on with things you know a situation that a couple of years ago when I was asked to just do like some project work for a in the states actually another consultancy who asked me to do a bit of bit of, and uh and I, and I went to the the client was quite away from the airport and they they wouldn't pay for a taxi so I had to drive on my own in the states uh, that that would not be scary wouldn't be um for me it absolutely terrified the life out of me and I spent about three months having sleepless nights thinking how on earth am I going to get out of a plane, get in a car and drive myself to this place about sort of about two and a half hours from from the airport. But you know, I looked I looked back on the situation that we'd been through with my husband and thought, you know what, you've got through that. That was literally a life and death situation. You know, this is this is going to be uncomfortable, but but you'll do it. Of course you do. What's you know what's the worst that can happen? Well, actually, I, I didn't even want to think about what the worst that could happen in that situation. But you do it, and uh, it was scary and when I got back the other side and got on the plane again, I was really glad that, uh, you know, obviously that, I, that I'd made it. But um, yeah, 
we're constantly in situations that, that are uncomfortable. And what's uncomfortable for me might not be uncomfortable for you or for other people. And we just have to respect that it's uncomfortable and not be too harsh on ourselves and just think, okay, what do I need to do to get through this? And, and generally we do. And, and it's not reward. as bad. And generally it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. And the reward at the end, the pride that you feel at the end, you think, oh my God, I did it. Look at me. Well, I did feel like that. I was, I was completely exhausted and, uh, I just thought, why was I completely bonkers and even thinking, I, you know, even accepting that bit of work, but yeah, you know, no, it was, I did feel, I did feel proud of myself for, for, for achieving it. Well done. I know driving on the other side of the road can be quite frightening. So despite all of these achievements that you've shared with us, is there anything that you regret or would have done differently? Or do you see that they were all sort of character building along the way? I don't have any regrets, actually. Um, and obviously, there were things that have happened to us that I would wish hadn't happened to us. But, I, I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in that we are positioned in life, sort of ones that, that we're meant to be. And this is where I'm at. And, and it's good. And yeah, you know, there are things along the way that I you know, absolutely are things I could have done, done better, dealt with better. But, you know, I, I think hopefully did the best I could at the time with the knowledge that I have with the the place that I was at with the you know what was going on in our lives at the time you know I just try not to look look at situations and and um be too concerned about you know what's happened in in the past always got to keep looking forward I think you do have too many regrets you 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 know you are constantly looking back and that's not helping things yes definitely learn from things definitely look at what you could have done better and try and make it better but once you've done that like line under it and let's 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 deal with the next thing so yeah I agree so just as we approach the end I can't believe time has flown there's obviously a lot going on in the world at the moment and a lot of the people in the UK will be fearful and frightened and have heightened anxiety about their employment in the wake of COVID as an HR consultant, and obviously I'm sure you've been incredibly busy over the last few weeks trying to navigate some of the new employment laws and furlough schemes, are you able to just share some of the support top line that's been made available to support uh, anybody that might be listening that could benefit from that insight? Yes, yeah, so the main support issued by the government is, as you've talked about, is, is furlough, furlough leave, um, and that is essentially offering employers the opportunity to put their their teams on onto furlough leave at um, a maximum of 80% of their their pay up to £2,500 a month where that employer does not have work for their team. So without that scheme in those situations employers would be making people redundant and the job retention scheme furlough is is intended to to you know to minimize the number of redundancies that that need to take place so you know the main thing would be is to if your employer hasn't talked to you about furlough leave um, already and I, and I you know I would hope that most have if they've got the opportunity of putting their teams on furlough leave is to talk to your employer about the opportunity for that you know, there, there are obviously some some restrictions around where furlough leave um, does apply. And we're probably not going to have the time here to, to go through all those situations. But, you know, there, there are some restrictions. But for for most employees who were 
on the books of their employer by the 19th of March, then there should be no reason why your employer couldn't put you onto, onto furlough leave. So, so if you haven't had the opportunity, your employer hasn't talked to you about that, then, then have that discussion with them. You need to agree that between um, yourself and, and the employer. In terms of other other support, you know, if you feel if you have been made redundant and and, and you're you know you're questioning whether that was appropriate, you know, there are groups out there that can you know can talk to you about your your individual situation. So ACAS is an example. You can Google their their number and and you can talk through their situation your situation with them. Systems advice is another another option as well, and there will also be you know obviously employment lawyers, HR consultants who would happily um, have a discussion you know, with you as well. You know, if you're an employer and again, you know, struggling to, to understand the, some of the, the components of, of the job retention scheme, not sure what to do with your teams, how to best handle situations, how to best handle people working at home and support them. Again, you know, there, are, there are support groups out there um, as well as people like myself who would you know, very gladly you know, have a chat with you, you know, for free to make sure that, you know, you're getting the best you can out of the situation and, and supporting your business in the best way that, uh, that, that we can, you know, we can do. Thank you. So, Lisa, that's been such a great conversation. I guess just, could you just leave us with one final question, actually? What do you think, uh, and I'm really interested to know what you think, as an HR consultant, but what more do you think needs to be done to support women in the workplace um, so that they, we can balance some of the gender inequalities, whether it be pay or opportunity or, you know, more women of an age sort of in the workplace? What do you see and what do you think? You know, I think, I think there are a number of, a number of things that, that we can do. So, you know, the obvious one is, is flexible working. Now, come without its challenges and talked about that right at the start in terms of how I've personally felt about flexible working when I had but I think giving people the opportunity to work flexibly and you know th- throughout obviously through through the, the and people working at home hopefully that has shown a lot of employers that home working or, or at least part home working you know can be done effectively um, and hopefully will build trust and confidence in employers to allow people to, to do that so, so that's you know that's a first and very and very obvious one. Things like you know menopause and understanding the impact of menopause on women at work. So, you know, there's been a far more in the news about it in the last year or so, but it's it's a stage in life that clearly every woman will go through, but can be hugely impactful be it, uh, you know, sort of whether you have you know, brain fog, whether you're not sleeping properly, it can impact how you do your job. So having greater understanding about that stage in a woman's life, which, you know, can start from late 30s, you know, right through, you know, 40s into 50s. So, you know, having a greater understanding of the impact of that and supporting women through that phase in their life when, you know, that they, they are, from a working perspective absolutely at their peak but maybe really struggling and giving Mm -hmm. some flexibility around you know for women to to deal with that so for me they're you know they are the 
two key areas that I see a lot of and I think could have such a big difference for employers but but for women as well um, you know retaining women in the workplace and, and just you know helping them to feel supported and you know I do feel that you know if you give someone some flexibility and this you know, this isn't unique to females if you give someone some flexibility and some trust you know generally they will repay that with with a huge amount of loyalty give you far more back in return so you know it's, it's worth having that trust investing that support in your workforce and you will get more out of it i agree i do agree and also with the menopausal piece as well um it's the fastest growing demographic in the workplace apparently so i do think that you know we need to we need to look at that don't we we do and uh it's i mean for, for the highest suicide rate for females is in the age group of, of 50 to 55 you know and, and that that has to tell us something that's mm-hmm. that has to tell us something so you know it is an issue it does need support and for, you know it, it's it's not necessarily something that women will feel comfortable to come forward and talk to their employer about so we have to make you know make menopause far more you know, transparent and and make people feel comfortable, help people feel comfortable in talking about it and just sharing, you know, what they're struggling with and and feel confident that they can have those conversations and get support and not not be penalised for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do agree. So finally, what advice would you give to any of those listeners that are possibly facing some challenges and fears? What would your parting gift be to them? I honestly think that we we have to be kinder to ourselves you know i mean if you look at the situation right now obviously it's it's a really significant situation it's challenging people feel under pressure but then you look at social media and you know we're being told that you know we've got to make the most of our furlough leave we've got to learn a language we've got to you know perfect the art of baking a victoria sandwich we've got to write a book whatever it is and yeah, what would how awful would it be to come out the other side and, and, and you know, having got through the challenge that it, that COVID nineteen has presented, got through the challenge of homeschooling our children and to come out the other side feeling a failure because we haven't learned a new language or perfected the art of a Victoria sandwich. You know, that's that, that's just nuts. So I think, you know, we have to learn to be kinder to ourselves, cut ourselves some slack and get through any situation and definitely the situation we're we're in now that you know with in the best way that we can for us and you know if that's if you know if 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 that's being able to get out of bed in the morning deal with whatever we deal with at home going to bed at night and thinking we've done that you know what that is fantastic that's that's an achievement and let's not put ourselves under pressure to do to do even more let's be kind to each other kind to ourselves and support each other so yeah I think if you if it's really easy to say to be kind to yourself if you're if you're struggling talk to somebody get support but yeah absolutely first and foremost just be easy on yourself cut yourself some slack and you and just know that you're doing your best in the circumstances that that you're in I think that's brilliant advice perfect advice because actually just to get out of this with our mental health, I think is just enough, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And goodness only knows, you know, we, we, we all have days that we're really struggling. We all do. So whatever pictures you're seeing on social media about fancy 
fancy Victoria sandwiches or great artwork with the kids. You know, I've got a real thing about this Victoria. I, I, I have a re- I have a real thing about Victoria sandwiches at the moment. But uh, seriously, I think you know, if we if we come out feeling okay about ourselves, you know what, we've done a great job, and uh, everyone has bad days. Whatever you see on social media, everybody has bad days. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you so much for your time and uh, your your candidness. I've loved chatting to you. If there is any other advice that anybody would like, then uh, do get in touch and we'll put some helplines at the bottom of uh, any of the posts where this uh, podcast will go out to. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay well and stay brave.